0: Good morning, H-Town. What is up? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. My name is Jeff Balky. I'm your humble host. Well, the sun is shining. The birds are chirping. The city of Houston might actually get a little bit of rain this week. And the Astros swept the Mariners and the Yankees in a row. It's a good, good Monday morning for everybody. I'm recording this at about 9.30 on Monday, July the 25th. The Astros are back at it tonight in Oakland. But for the moment, I, I just want to bask. I just want to bask in it. I want to soak it in. Soak in all of the hate <laughs> from everybody who's angry about it. You can catch me on Twitter at JeffBalky, J-E-F-F-B-A-L-K-E. J-E-F-F-B-A-L-K-E. You can also catch me occasionally on KUHF, 88.7 FM here in Houston. I'll be on there this morning uh, talking Astros and probably Dynamo, maybe Texans. I do talk a lot of different kinds of sports on there. And uh, you can also catch my writing in the Houston Press. Uh, if you go to the Believe in Astros podcast page on com, you can find... Uh, links to my author page on the Houston Press. You can also find it at linktree.com slash jeff balky. Like I said, I'm I'm just trying to like like soak it in right now. The Astros with now the I guess the third best record in all of baseball. The Dodgers have the same number of wins but two fewer losses because they played two fewer games. The Astros are back a game and a half only of the Yankees and. Just a few days ago, people were worried. I remember I even said on this podcast and I wrote about the fact that hey, people are worried. The Astros are only 9 games ahead of the Mariners, just 9. Mariners won a 14 game winning streak. And then something happened. The Astros went to Seattle and they swept them. Oh no. As the Seattle's <laughs> Mariners broadcaster Radio broadcast. I don't know if you heard this. I linked to it on Twitter, but uh, the guy was saying there was going to be this was in game, the second game of the series, and they were trying to rally. And the uh, guy hits what he thought was a base hit, and he's like, It's a base hit into center field. Oh, no. Where did Pena come from? Jeremy Pena, apparently a former high school high jumper, who knew, leapt in the air and snatched. Victory from the Jaws of Defeat, um, the radio, not the best radio broadcast of the weekend, though. The best one of that, and I also have this linked in my Twitter feed, was the Yankees radio guy who was calling um, what he thought was a home run, <laughs> and, and his, uh, it went something along the lines of, it's high, it's deep, it's gone, but caught. Apparently, Giancarlo Stanton hit a very high, long, deep drive that was caught right on the warning track. That's the kind of thing maybe you might want to think about. All all respect to the Yankees broadcasters who are fantastic, but my goodness. So, let's talk a bit about this past weekend. Starting last week on Thursday and going through the weekend, the Astros sweeping a two-game doubleheader. Well, that's what a doubleheader is, right? It's two games. It's, Semantics. Um, they swept the doubleheader against the Yankees, and have just dominated the Yankees this year. They really have. I mean, it's it's really true. And and um, the Astros seem to be at their best when they're facing the best competition, right? I mean, they've been look, they've been great for the last month plus against everybody, but against the Yankees in particular, they really seem to relish their chances against the Bronx Bombers. And uh, it was just a, a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, just a beautiful dismantling. And then they go to Seattle, and this was really a lot of people are referring to it as Seattle's World Series, which is funny. But you know, Seattle was really and, and look and reasonably so. They were riding high, riding high on their 14 game win streak. Who wouldn't? Everybody would ride high on a 14 game win streak, and good for them. But they were kind of a, a a favor, I don't want to say a favorite, they were like a chic favorite to win the AL West, to take down the Astros for the first time in, in a number of years. And But they haven't made the postseason in a long time, right? A long time. They're probably going to make it this year. But there was a lot, they were like, come on fans, come out to the ballpark. The fans were loud. And the Astros just did what they do, which is they go out and they win, Right? And they win under tough circumstances. And you saw some great performances, right? Justin Verlander, who I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Uh, Ryan Presley, who just came back from uh, paternity leave. But the first one I want to talk about is Jose Altuve. Let's <laughs> Listen, I'm going to ask all of the fans of the opposing teams in both leagues, American League, National League, I'm going to ask you for a favor. I know that most of you hate the Astros. I get it. You know, you're still smarting over the fact that the Astros won the World Series during the cheating scandal. I like using that voice when we're talking about the 2017 cheating scandal because it feels like it has more gravitas. I know everybody's mad about it. And look, there's been lots of clever protests when they threw out the inflatable trash cans during Astros games in the 2021 series. Clever. Funny. Funny. You know, I get it. Um, And I'm sure there would be some of us Astros fans who, if another team had done it, (coughs) Yankees, (coughs) Red Sox, Um, we would probably hate them too. But the fact of the matter is everybody knows the Astros got caught. They were the scapegoat. I'm not saying they didn't cheat. They did. They shouldn't have done it. They got busted and they got what they deserved. Period. End of story. But one of the things is we're now five years removed from 2017. And fans are taking it real personal still, and I get that. Cool. But I'm going to ask all of you fans to do something for me. Every time the Astros are in your ballpark, I need you to do something. This is really important, and I think you'll be willing to oblige me. I want you to boo Jose Altuve. I want you to boo him like your life depends on it. I want you to go out there to the game and bring signs that talk about how terrible Altuve is and what a horrible person he is and you know, just... I mean, don't don't be disgusting. Don't take shots at his family. This is sport... As, as my friend and uh, colleague Sean Pendergast would say, this is sports hate. Not real hate. Right? Go out there and give it to him. Good. Hammer the hell out of him. Work him over. Boo, boo, boo. Do it. You know why? Because it only makes Jose Altuve stronger. I mean, you guys... Look, I'm not, he's, he's already got, was it, nine leadoff home runs this season. He's third only to Craig Biggio and George Springer in leadoff homers to the Astros. But let's talk about that third game. They're booing him. Like, look, the Astros have already won the series. They're still booing Jose Altuve like there's no tomorrow, right? He comes up to the plate to face Robbie Ray, who is a high first Fastball pitcher. 68% of the time, according to the broadcast, he throws fastballs on the first pitch. Now, you would think that you might want to rethink that plan when you're throwing to a guy like Jose Altuve, who loves to hit first pitch fastballs. That's his dream come true first pitch fastball. No, Ray decides I'm a former Cy Young Award winner. I'm going to throw him a first pitch fastball. So, If you believe that Jose Altuve deposited that ball into the left field stands, you would be correct, because Jose Altuve took the first pitch of the game yesterday and yanked it 409 feet. Now listen, I'm not saying that booing Jose Altuve is the reason he hit that home run. Jose Altuve doesn't need any more motivation. He's good. He's a great player. He doesn't need that. But I'm saying if, if it gives him a little more motivation, even though he would never say it because he's a gentleman and he's not going to say that in public, but, but if it does, and, and I'm not suggesting that it does, but maybe if it does just a little, please, please, I'm begging you, boo, boo to your heart's content. Make it your life's mission that Jose Altuve hear your boos from the stands. That's all I'm asking. It's all I'm asking. Doesn't seem like much. Seems pretty simple. And while we're talking about hated Astros, let's talk about Justin Verlander. Okay, so Verlander pitched in Game Two. He goes seven innings, threw over a hundred pitches. I think he threw hundred and one. But here's here's the crazy thing. In the set, we all know that Justin Verlander has got. He, he typically gets better throughout the game. His He he throws harder as the game goes on. No one really knows why that is. I mean, it's just, I, I swear to God, they should just, for science, they should take, like, some blood samples from him and just start analyzing them. Figure out what it is. Like, break his down his genetics. Figure out his, you know, his genetic code and what makes him who he is. But look, He goes in there in the seventh inning when he's in a little bit of trouble. Actually ended up with the bases loaded and two away. But before that, he throws a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. He's never thrown a 99-mile-an-hour fastball in Houston before. He is 39 coming off Tommy John surgery. He missed two years. The guy missed two seasons. He's throwing 99 miles an hour in the seventh inning. He's approaching 100 pitches, and he throws 99 miles an hour. Who is this guy? Then, on his 101st pitch, the pitch that he got to strike out Seattle and and quell their rally, 97! 101st pitch, 97 miles an hour high heat. There's a stat on Twitter. I retweeted it. guy said, Justin Verlander and Billy Wagner, which was all the way back in 2010, the only pitchers to hit 99 miles an hour plus at the age of 39 or older. Now, it's in pitch tracking, or maybe somebody did it back in the... back in, in the aught-20s or something, but, like... It's insane. It's insane what this guy is doing. It is insane what this guy is doing. and And it is insane just how incredibly good he is at 39. I mean, he's absolutely been spectacular and well look I've talked about him loads on here and I've I've ranted about uh and rambled on about a great he is it's it's worth saying again but look while we're talking about it let's not let's not you know stop there Fromber Valdez again excellent got in a little trouble gave up three runs late but Fromber Valdez now has 17 quality starts I think that's 17 in a row which is second only to Mike Scott during that amazing 1986 season uh, for the Astros in terms of quality starts in a row. He's one of the best pitchers in the American League, period. Period. The Astros have two of the best, right? So Fromber was outstanding in Game 3 against Seattle. And then let's talk about Ryan Presley. comes in after his paternity leave. Comes in. He now has... I just want to make sure I get this right. I read this in the Chronicle this morning. He now has 30 consecutive batters that he has retired. That is since he blew that save to the Yankees back uh, on June 23rd. 30 consecutive batters, right? That's incredible. I mean, that's he. He's it says he broke Dave Giustis franchise record for consecutive batter retired who the hell is dave (laughs) giusti i mean wow on top of that during the streak he's lowered his era from 4.56 to 2.79 and his whip is now 0.9 he has 20 saves which is one of only three guys in the american league who have that many saves and i know a lot of people were concerned about um Presley, especially back with the Yankees, he's clearly one of the best relievers in baseball. So the Astros' pitching is sewn up right now. Now, we're going to get into... I'm going to talk about trades later this week. I'm going to come back with another podcast probably on Thursday or Friday. And I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive. Because there is some... You know, there's definitely... Some thought that if the Astros are going to make a move, if it were a smaller move, it might be for like a lefty reliever, right? Bigger move, you start thinking about outfielders and uh, potentially first base, and like I said, we'll dig into that a little bit later, but right now, like from a pitching standpoint, the Astros are, are ridiculous, and when you consider that Lance McCullers pitched really well in Sugarland as part of his rehab stint, I'm sure he'll be there at least another week But you're going to get McCullers back, and you're going to have seven legitimate starters. I mean, who are you going to send down to? You can't send anybody down to the minors. Nobody's going to the minors at this point. But who are you going to put in the bullpen? Are you going to move Christian Javier into the bullpen as good as he's been lately? Are you going to move Jose Urquidy into the bullpen? I just don't know. I'm not sure they're going to have the ability to move anybody at this point. So then the question becomes, maybe somebody becomes trade bait? I don't know. Um, but the Astros are good right now. Now they go to Oakland today. Uh, They have a three game set in Oakland who is just abysmal, right? I mean, they took two out of three against the Astros, but they were resting a lot of guys before the all-star break. So this will be a chance for them to get back at that. Then the Mariners are here this weekend, starting Thursday for four games, four games against the Mariners. Um, before the Red Sox and the, and the Guardians are in town. So it's a little bit of a tough schedule here. But I just think, look, the Astros, I, they understand the moment. And the moment right now with the Mariners is this is their chance to bury them. Right? They're already back up 13 games. They go through and do well in Oakland and then come out and win three of four here in Houston against the Mariners. It's, they're toast. They're not coming back from that. Not at this point in the season not without a major catastrophe, right? So that's their chance. And I think, I think the Astros know, and they get it. Um, so we will see how that goes. And, of course, the trade deadline comes up. I think it's a week from today. So later this week, like I said, I'll be back, and we'll be talking trades. Um, and, you know, what are the Astros going to do? Where are some of their holes they need to fill? I think right now we all know Outfield... Maybe a lefty reliever, backup catcher, perhaps in first base. And we'll talk about Yuli Guriel and sort of what to do with that situation. And where's Michael Brantley? We haven't heard much about whether, uh, when he's going to return and how he's doing. The Astros do play that stuff pretty close to the vest. So we're really not sure at this point. But, you know, right now, they haven't really needed him. I mean, Yesterday, they won in Game 3, 8-5 to five against Seattle, and they didn't have Jordan. Jordan was taking the day off. Just rest in that hand, right? So that's going to do it for me for this Monday. I'm going to be on KUHF here in just a few minutes. I'll link to that so you can hear it later if you'd like. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Jeff Balke, J-E-F-F-B-A-L-K-E. J-E-F-F-B-A-L-K-E. Um, you can catch me uh, at the Houston Press I'll have a new Astros week update which will have some of these topics in it uh, out tomorrow and uh, enjoy the week everybody like I said smell the roses the Astros are kicking some ass right now and we should all be loving it you guys have a great week until next time I'm Jeff Balky thanks for tuning in to the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network go Astros